from WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia. I'm Flynn Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. This is Hot Topics from WUSC News. Coming up, America is still awaiting the results of the presidential election. As ballots continue to be counted in several swing states, the country and the world are on the edge of their seat. We'll have the latest on where the vote count stands and what each candidate needs to do to claim the presidency. And it's not all about politics today. Despite the election, arts are still going on around Columbia. We're talking with Lily Haydary of the theater department about their upcoming virtual performance of She Kills Monsters. That's all coming up this week on Hot Topics. First, the news. Live from WSC News, I'm Tyler Fedor. Quick update on the 2020 presidential election. Former Vice President Joe Biden has won the state of Michigan and now has 264 electoral votes to President Donald Trump's 214, according to the Associated Press. The race between President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden has been anything but calm. And with more votes coming in, a clear winner is yet to be decided. WSC's War Jealous reports. Just under 24 hours since the first polls closed on the East Coast, things are starting to look a bit more promising for Joe Biden. He's narrowly clutched the blue wall states of Michigan and Wisconsin, but there are still many more votes to be counted, and no one is at the necessary 270 electoral votes to win. Experts are giving Biden an edge right now over President Trump in key states like Arizona and Nevada, but in states like Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia, Trump still maintains a sizable lead. Election officials in Pennsylvania, where the race is likely to come down to, are saying that it likely won't be until Friday before all votes are counted. Warchalis, WUSC News. The Senate is also up for grabs now, with no party as of this moment getting the 51 seats needed for a majority in the chamber. WSC's Troy Dassing reports. After a turbulent election night in America, presidential results continue to come in. And while America has yet to find out if Joe Biden will be able to overcome President Donald Trump, Senate results have continued to come in as well. While all Senate results have yet to be finalized, there were some notable flips overnight. Those flips included Democrat John Hickenlooper in Colorado, Republican Tommy Tuberville in Alabama, and Democrat Mark Kelly in Colorado. All of these flipped seats represent a winner over the incumbent of that state. I'm Troy Dassing, WUSC News. President Donald Trump has recently sued Pennsylvania to stop the voter count and has even said he'll go to the Supreme Court to stop counting votes past November 3rd. But can he do that? WC's Sarah Hudak Jeffrey reports. At 2.30 this morning, President Trump announced that he would ask the U.S. Supreme Court to stop all voting based on his claim that votes shouldn't be counted after Election Day. The past few months, Trump has tried to establish a legal basis for not accepting the results if he loses by trying to link mail-in voting to fraud. However, can he actually use the Supreme Court to win this election? First of all, the Supreme Court has discretion over which cases it will hear and is the final court of appeals in the U.S. They typically take challenge cases heard in lower courts relating to the Constitution and federal law. Therefore, the action will take place initially at state-level courts and go from there. Election challenges are common in state courts and usually don't have much impact. However, in the 2000 election, George Bush's legal challenges over faulty voting procedures in Florida handed him the election. 
Trump's legal points are, any measure to make voting easier due to the pandemic is unconstitutional, and these measures have been made by state officials instead of state legislatures, which possibly opens a path to constitutional challenge. The most likely scenario is for lawyers to challenge the validity of local elections. These lawyers would then seek to have votes discarded in battleground states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and North Carolina. Two cases have already begun in Pennsylvania, which will be heard later today. Therefore, it's possible for local cases such as those to make their way to the Supreme Court, but it's still unclear how conservative justices will respond to Trump comments. Sarah Hudak Jeffrey, WSC News. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 367 points today. The Nasdaq rose 430 points, and the S&P 500 rose 74 points. It's currently 63 degrees outside with a low of 44 tonight. The high for tomorrow is 75 degrees with a low of 55. I'm Tyler Fedor, and you're listening to WSC News. It's 6.05. Spurs up, masks up, Gamecocks. I'm University of South Carolina student body president Izzy Rushton. And I'm President Bob Caslin. Let's prevent the spread of COVID-19. Keep your distance, no matter the location. Get tested. Wash your hands. Wear face coverings. In class and on campus, in restaurants, and in every social setting around Columbia. And take the I Pledge Columbia promise. We are Gamecocks, so spurs up. Masks up, Gamecocks. We'll We'll get get through through this this together. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Red Defender! That huge asteroid is headed towards Earth! I'll handle this. The Red Defender hurdles towards the asteroid! You saved us! How? I stopped the asteroid and reversed it back into space. The moon! It's exploded! Where did you throw that asteroid? Uh away. Saving the world isn't easy. Saving a life is. One pint of blood can save up to three lives. Go to bloodsaves.com. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm home. Any mail? Nothing too exciting. Just David's report card and something from the water company. Another water bill? Uh, I don't know. I didn't open it. Oh, David's report card could be better. But this is interesting. The water company sent us a report about the quality of our tap water and where it comes from. And? Our water passed all its tests, unlike some people around here. You'll also be receiving a short new report about your tap water from your water supplier. Look for it, and when it comes, read it. For more information, call your water supplier or 1-877-EPA-WATER. And welcome to another episode of Hot Topics right here on 90.5 WUSC-FM. I'm Flint Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. And uh, quite an interesting uh, show we got going on today. Yes, we've got uh, both sides, I guess, of, of the spectrum here. We've got, we've got politics and some hard-hitting stuff, but then we're also going to have some fun. That's what I love about the show. It always adds a little bit of fun. Yeah, usually we're talking about things that have already happened or are going to happen, but today, the majority of the show is going to be about something that is currently ongoing in our country, and it's also interesting because this is the first show with Daylight Savings Time ending, and it's really dark outside right now, and I'm not used to that. <laughs> yeah, it's weird looking outside the window, and like you just can't see anything. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, but, and walking in, too. Like, most of the time we walk in and it's all light outside. Light, and, yeah. Walking nice in, the sunset sun, view in the studio, you know? Yeah, it, it was crazy. Yeah. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of no. daylight savings. It's time. tripping me up. I know it's tripping you up today, but we're going to get through the show and we're going to give you everything you need to know about politics and art. So let's get to it. Let's address the elephant in the room. That is the election going on right now. Here's where things stand. Currently, Biden has picked up 253 electoral votes, uh, Trump with 214 at the moment. Each candidate, uh, or the first candidate to reach 270 electoral Electoral votes wins, so obviously Biden is certainly closer to that than Trump at the moment. Uh, today, some big news for Biden. Uh, he, the Democratic nominee, picked up swing states of Wisconsin and Michigan, two states that were crucial to his campaign. Votes, however, are still being counted in important swing states around the country, such as Nevada, Arizona, and Pennsylvania, states that could alter the outcome of the election. Biden, however, today seemed confident, saying that his path to 270 votes is clear, but stopped short of outright declaring victory. Meanwhile, the Trump campaign has said that Trump would ask for a recount in the state of Wisconsin and claims that his campaign filed uh, a lawsuit against uh, Michigan attempting to halt the vote count there. Uh, also right now in Arizona, another uh, important swing state to both candidates. Um, Arizona is reporting 86% of the votes with Biden holding a three-point lead there over Trump. Another crucial swing state, Nevada, is showing a slight edge for Biden as well. However, it is not as significant is his lead in other uh, parts of the country. Um, Biden is currently ahead in Nevada by a mere 8,000 votes. And according to analysts, these two states could push Biden over the 270 electoral votes needed to win, even if Biden loses the state of Pennsylvania. However, the race is still tight and far from over as another crucial state, Pennsylvania, as mentioned, is showing a widening lead for Trump. Uh, however, it is smaller than this point yesterday. He has a five-point lead over Bi- uh, Bi- uh, Trump, rather, has a five-point lead over Biden. The state is reporting 85% of its vote at the moment. Uh, however, while the votes are still being counted in Pennsylvania, where the president does hold the lead at the moment over Biden, remaining votes that need to be counted might be a majority in favor for Biden, um, signaling the race is far from over in the state there. Large populous counties, including around the Pittsburgh and Philadelphia areas in Pennsylvania, are among the areas where votes uh, have uh, yet to be counted. Those areas do tend to vote Democratic. Arizona and Nevada, two important states to keep a watch on today, are promising to provide large updates later this evening, so uh, just be sure to keep on the lookout for that. But yeah, that's currently where the state of the race is. Either way, analysts are saying it's going to be close, but uh, Biden, of course, merely 17 electoral college votes away from that magic number of 270. Once again, Trump is currently at 214. So that's where the race is staying. Uh, Trade did you stay up to like the wee hours of the morning watching the uh, results last night? I didn't stay up as late as some people because I knew that we weren't going to get the official answer. So right. I was like, at some point, I was like, I just have to call it. I have yeah. to go to bed. Yeah. Uh, but it was certainly, I, I was thinking about it all night too. Uh, but I just think, you know, it's wild that this is the first presidential election of my lifetime, or at least that I can remember, uh, because I was, I guess, alive technically for um, Bush versus Gore mm-hmm. in 2000. But the first presidential election I can remember that if things hold right now, the the way that things are, it would be 270 to 267 in favor for Joe Biden. Right. That would be the end count if everything remained 
the way it was going currently, yes. so long as there's no surprises going yes. ahead. Yes, which um, it's incredible. And you think about, you go down to a state like Nevada, mm-hmm. which has six electoral votes. That is the difference, right. there, honestly. And you think Nevada's 8,000 votes apart. Right. 8,000. So if you think, you know, my vote doesn't matter, I shouldn't go vote because just what what's one person going to do? It's showing that you've got this one state that, I mean, Nevada is definitely not, you know, your typical political battleground. Right. Um, it's, it's never considered something that any candidate must win. But you've just got this area that is super close and ultimately it's going to decide i think because um if uh donald trump wins pennsylvania north carolina and georgia that would put him at uh 267 uh so he would need arizona and nevada barring any um changes in in recounts as well yeah and you're saying biden would need uh, nevada and arizona um in order to hold off trump from getting oh yes and and trump would need to win either one of nevada or arizona both states a must win for each candidate at the moment and as mentioned earlier biden uh picked up two key states today, that blue wall that you hear so much about um, in the upper Midwest region of the country. We're talking uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Trump pick, uh, Biden rather, excuse me, picking up all of those states, uh, Wisconsin and Michigan, those results coming in today. And uh, it's interesting, you know, uh, different states have different laws about when mail-in ballots can start being counted. So that's why we're seeing somewhat of a delay uh, in reporting than we typically do. Um, However, I think officials are urging people to just remain patient. You know, votes are being tallied as we speak, and they will continue to do so until every single ballot has been counted. But uh, I think, yeah, just the main message uh, that officials are saying is just everyone remain calm and uh, remain patient because uh, that's the only thing that's going to get us out of here. Yep, and there's a lot of uh, a lots at stake, and there's a lot of uh, emotion that has been put into this result. So. Being patient seems to be hard for right. for a lot of people, and, yeah. and it's hard uh, for me as well. Oh um, yeah, especially because we've had coronavirus going on this year, um, and uh, we're we're not used to having to wait, I guess, this long for results, especially results that are so important to a lot of people. Um, so hopefully, we can all continue to have that patience, um, and hopefully, uh, whenever it is all said and done we we can get a clear answer on on, um a clear and legitimate answer on who our president is yeah and uh you know it was funny uh trey you and i were talking before the show about just some of the coverage we were watching last night and just a just a major shout out to all the journalists covering um the election last night we're talking about that one guy on cnn i believe his name is uh John King, who they just had him standing there at like a touchscreen map for hours upon hours. Like he beat me last night and like he was on till the wee hours of the morning. And then it turned out today he's still on. Like I don't know if he got much sleep last night, probably not, but it's just incredible just the stamina that these reporters are going with, you know? Yeah, all of the people, uh, like I saw that guy on CNN, and I saw some other uh, news stations had had similar things. And every single one of those people, like the look in their eye as they were saying all these things, you can tell that they had waited their entire lives for this moment. And and it was so cool. Um, I I guess maybe that's the journalism nerd in me, uh, seeing that and thinking it's cool. But, uh, you know, it, it is 
cool when you can see that excitement. Uh, but also, uh, it, it proved their preparation. They knew what they were talking about. Right. Um, and uh, a lot of those guys probably you know spent they they literally did probably spend most of their lives preparing oh, for that moment. yeah the past 4 years you know ever since 2016 wrapped up you know they've been preparing for this it was funny i saw one meme on uh, the internet this morning it was like the guy who was on cnn at the wall for 7 hours deserves like a Gatorade endorsement at this point or like a nike endorsement cuz he's just going for like 7 hours it's insane but so yeah definitely a huge shout out to all the journalists covering this and uh, keeping us informed in an ever changing uh, story. So uh, we'll we'll continue to monitor. We have about 15 minutes left in the show. So any uh, breaking news updates that do come about, we will be sure to pass it along. You heard to it you here guys. first. Yeah, folks. exactly. Uh, you call us uh, hot topics, breaking news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, we have a really cool interview coming up today, Trey. We're gonna throw some PSAs first. Why don't you tell everybody what we have coming up next? Yeah, so we've got Lily Hayderry of the theater department here at USC, and they are performing a virtual play. Yes, everything has had to go virtual with COVID, even um, entertainment. But uh, from the pictures she was showing me, they've got a really cool setup and it's going to be a performance like no other. So I'm excited to talk with her after the break. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate yeah, that after 75 that years, Smokey's only that. said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when it's dry or windy. Be careful burning yard waste, because wildfires can even start in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ed Council. This is Salif Diara, a local health worker in a remote village in Mali, West Africa. This is Mori, a child who survived malaria because of Salif's efforts. This is Bintu, a grateful mother, one of many in Salif's village. This is you, becoming part of the story. Help local health workers like Salif make the good go even further. Visit goodgoes.org to see the many ways you can help. Brought to you by Save the Children and the Ad Council. Like most college students, I thought I was invincible. Then I got a strain of bacterial meningitis, a rare but deadly disease that strikes certain college students. To save my life, doctors had to amputate my arms and legs. I'm Melanie Ben. I survived meningitis, but I wish I had known about vaccination. Learn more about meningitis and the vaccine. Vaccine. Visit the website musa.org or call toll-free 1-866-321-4MFA. This message has been brought to you by the Meningitis Foundation of America. The University of South Carolina is committed to helping students that are dealing with mental health concerns. 95% of students surveyed here at USC said they would help a friend seek mental health services. You can stop by or call the counseling center located on campus if you are struggling. Take advantage of the 10 free counseling sessions offered to you each year. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 803-777-5223. Be real and be there for a friend or peer. Remember, it's okay to say you're not okay.
back here on Hot Topics on WUSC-FM. I'm Trey Martin with my co-host Flynn Snyder, and we have Lily Hayderry in the studio with us today of the theater department. And we're going to talk about She Kills Monsters, the upcoming virtual performance from the theater department. Lily, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Great. It's so great to be here. Yes, we're excited to have you here as well. So um, I guess go ahead and tell us first, uh, what is She Kills Monsters about? A uh, very interesting title, so, uh, so I'm excited to kind of hear the general plot behind it. Yeah, so She Kills Monsters is about a girl named Agnes, and she's a senior in high school, and Previously to the story, she loses her younger sister Tilly in a car crash. And in the in She Kills Monsters, Agnes finds Tilly's homespun module of a D&D game, Dungeons and Dragons. And throughout the play, Agnes plays this game of Dungeons and Dragons and gets to know her dead sister. Um, so it's a really absurd comedy. And it's centered around this really sad, tragic event. But throughout the play, it's really fantastical and fun. And Agnes learns to kill monsters. So that's the basis plot of it. Well, that sounds really interesting. Uh, so was this play um, like featured on Broadway at any time? Or um, is it uh, just kind of... I don't know, maybe an independent production? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's been featured on Broadway, but it's fairly recent. I think the original script is from 2011 or 2012. And something special about this production, actually, is that back in May, the playwright turned it into a play that was fit for Zoom so that uh, universities could put on productions this year for coronavirus. So the script we're using is actually the Zoom script. We're just doing it a little bit differently. That's uh, incredible. And that's where I was wanting to talk about next. So, of course, this is not uh, a typical year um, and you guys are not able to have a typical performance, you know, with a packed audience in the theater So what are you guys doing uh, instead? Yeah, so it's been such a wild ride transforming theater to online as, you know, everybody's had the struggle. But what we did um, for the past about month and a half is that we filmed the production and we did it in a way that wasn't quite theater and it wasn't quite film, but more of a blend of the two mediums. Um, But we had this huge green screen set up in Long Street Theater. And we had the actors in there all masked and everything. And we filmed one actor at a time. So only one person would have their mask off. Um, And filming one person at a time, so many takes until we got the entire scene, everybody um, in front of the camera at some point. And now editors are in the process of stitching together all the scenes. And the editors are actually imposing the actors in scenes together so it looks like we all acted in front of the green screen at the same time but in fact it was all individual takes so many times so yeah that's that's been our process of creating safe theater during coronavirus wow i saw that picture that you showed me before the show and i didn't even realize that you guys it it was like six you guys had done like six different takes individually uh, like of that whole scene. Yeah. So um, about how long has that taken you guys? Yeah, so editing's going on still right now. Um, we started filming about, I believe it was like September 25th, and that took about a month for filming the entire show. Um, and editing has been going on the past about 
three weeks, and we've got a few more days of editing until we premiere next week. So uh, where will this premiere be found? Um, it'll be streaming online for free, which is really amazing. Uh, anybody can watch. They just have to reserve a ticket for free online. And you can find more information about that on USC's Theater Department website and also on Facebook. So uh, you were telling me earlier that you are a theater major, um, but you said that other people that aren't theater majors are still able to participate. Um, so kind of tell us about if, if somebody who might be interested. Uh, how could they go about getting involved in the next production? Yeah, so I'm an English and theater double major, and even though I am a theater student, any student can audition for USC shows. And that information is also on USC's theater department website. Um, I'm not quite sure when the next auditions are going to be, but there's definitely going to be auditions coming up either within the next few weeks or next semester for shows next semester. And if anybody wants to get involved, they can always contact anyone in the theater department, truly. Um, specifically, Lisa Gavilets would be a good person to contact. But yeah, I think they can find all the information on the website. So um, since you guys are doing this uh, show virtually, you know, part of, I guess, watching anything is you are going to like a play is you get that experience of like being there and actually hearing like the actors and actresses real voices and hearing the songs mm -hmm. for real um so how are you guys uh, trying to kind of cope with that or mimic uh mimic that um since not having those people um in the theater um it is such a big thing yeah honestly it was so weird <laughs> it was so weird filming it with no audience i mean when we were filming it it was just you know some of the cast not even all of the cast all at once because of social distancing but it was nice to have some of the cast in person when we could interact with each other you know like have our scene partners in person even though we're masked and have the crew and the design team there and we all kind of functioned as an audience for each other you know giving that support and energy in the room but that's definitely something I miss so much about theater right now and it's going to be really weird because we're all going to get to watch it so I have I've never acted for the camera before, so I'm going to get to watch myself in this play. But I think the way that we're coping with that is just kind of being there for each other whatever way that we can, you know, whether it's in person or watching online, knowing that our family across the country can watch it with us in a new kind of way. So you've mentioned that, like, you guys normally do these in-person performances, um, and you just said that you weren't used to acting for the camera. So what what's different about acting for the camera and just acting live? Something that has struck me is that acting for the camera is so much more subtle than acting on stage and for theater. And especially with this production, it's, you know, a big action fantasy play. And when I think about how different it would be if we did it on stage in person, live, there would be so many big movements, you know, like classic theater moments um, and dance and that kind of thing. And with film, it's just, it's not better or worse, it's just different. And I found so many more moments where you can be subtle and where sometimes just the tone of your voice can change a whole scene. So it's definitely just learning a new skill. Right. And so I guess like when you're doing it live 
uh, since the audience might be kind of far away, you have to speak up yeah. really loud and make these huge movements to make sure that they can see you. But if the camera is just up close, you don't always have to do that. I never had thought about that before. So that's really interesting. Um, but uh, I also wanted to, you mentioned that you're not only acting in this, um, that you are also, I believe, like a, an editor. Yeah. Uh, so what are some of your other roles that you do for this? So there's one main editor for the show, and me and a few other undergrads are kind of just assisting him very basically in editing, kind of sorting through files, cutting and matching up audio with different clips. And that's also been a completely new skill for me since I had never done anything with that. But it's been really interesting getting to learn the other side of everything, you know, not only learning how to act for the camera, but also learning how to splice together clips and, you know, see things from a producer and editor point of view. Um, So I've been doing very basic editing tasks that I can learn, you know, in a few weeks, but it's been very interesting to see acting in a lot of different perspectives lately. So has this production um, changed how you have viewed maybe acting in the future? Has it possibly opened up some some other doors or um, have has it like maybe made you say like, oh, I don't want to do that? Uh, what what uh, what are your feelings just coming from this experience about it? Yeah, I think my feelings right now is that I'm still even processing what we even did. I know USC's weird blend that we did just now is nobody else has been doing it. Um, I'm also taking a film acting class this semester, which has been really neat, and it's kind of a newer class. And I'm definitely interested in acting for the camera more, and especially with this experience. The cast was so close, and we, we grew even closer as friends. It was really helpful to have that support in the room as we all transitioned to learning how to do something new. Um, so overall, with this experience, I definitely want to just just keep going, you know, and however theater and film adapts during coronavirus, I, I just want to be able to be there and learn as much as I can. Well, that is incredible. Um, and so thank you once again. Lily for joining us. That's Lily Heyderi, Lily Heyderi of the theater department at telling us about the upcoming virtual performance of She Kills Monsters. And once again, you can find that on the theater department's website. Make sure that you reserve a ticket for that. But thank you so much, Lily, for coming on. Thanks so much, Trey. It's been awesome. So... That's going to do it for this week's episode of Hot Topics. Join us every Wednesday at 6 p.m. for the latest news in entertainment, culture, food, and everything in between. Hot Topics is a production by WUSC News and Garnet Media Group and is produced by Troy Dassing and Ward Jollis. You can catch other WUSC News shows on Monday and Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. and on GarnetMediaGroup.org. I'm Flynn Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And remember to keep it hot. Thank you.